This is It Was a Thing on TV. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the dregs of humanity. Episode 153, Submission 1950, TKO. TKO was a series of a week of unsold pilots produced by Mark Goodson Productions for ABC in 1989. Meet Andrea Michaels, an English teacher from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Nathan Walpole. A computer analyst from Brooklyn, New York. And Eve Greenfield, a novelist from Venice, California. These three players will compete all this week on... T-K-O! And here's the star of our show, Peter Tomarkin! Hi, thanks everyone. Welcome to TKO, a game of survival. Hey guys, here's an idea for you. Let's take Jeopardy and cross-pollinate it with blockbusters. The kids will love it. It could work. That was basically the pitch behind TKO. But, oh wait, it's not just Jeopardy meets blockbusters or blockbusters meets Jeopardy. There's a bit of the countdown round on Split Second as well. There's even some other shows, but I think we'll talk about that uh, later on in this episode. Uh, the first thing I think we should mention before anything else, that theme music. Oh, God. That theme music is boptastic. It's, uh, it's shagorific. It's well, boptastic. Well, it hits, as the kids would say. Well, you know what else that's from? What else is that from? A little show that aired on WGN Nationwide uh, about 25, 30 years ago, Illinois Instant Riches. Oh, uh, yeah. His son worked on that. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's a little family ties there. But yeah, that, that, that's the first thing that came to mind is, oh, my gosh, that's the Illinois Instant Riches theme, and I haven't seen that show in probably 25 years. Oh, and I would also add Illinois Instant Riches, Probably, for your money, one of the two or three best lottery shows there's ever been. Yep. That's not saying much, but... Yeah, let's just say there are... When you think of lottery shows that have a national presence, one of them is Illinois Instant Riches, the other, The Big Spin. And the Powerball show from 20 years ago. Yeah. But yeah, let's get back to TKO. This if I'm not mistaken, was the last original format by Mark Goodson. Yeah, in fact, Mark Goodson would actually die three years later. A lot of it was designed to be timeless, but at the same time, very current. You look at that set, and that just screams very uh, late 80s, early 90s, retro future, I guess you could say. And indicative of the late 80s, Everything was big in the 80s. And uh-huh. that was big. There was a big T and a big K and a big O. Just in case you forgot what the name of the show was. And it hasn't escaped notice that it bears resemblance to another show whose logo was prominent in the background 
airing in 1989. Does this look like anything to you? Are you talking about Jeopardy? Yes, I'm talking about Jeopardy. Okay, I can buy that a little bit. But it seems like TKO was very derivative of many different things. Not just the big letters of Jeopardy. Oh, but did the big uh, letters in Jeopardy move? Did they rotate like the TKO letters? Nope. No. Nope. No. Got to give Goodson the uh, advantage there. His letters moved. They um, moved. Yeah. They were very mobile. They, they were very colorful, too. It wasn't just neon or or, or fluorescent lights. They, they were multiple colors. They, they, they were very it's like decked out. They, they were very green with a white stripe and black polka dots. Yeah. With another red stripe. Again, very 80s, early 90s-ish. Especially with the uh, way that everything's set up. You have the game board on stage right and the player area on stage left. And they both have these crazy patterns to them. And the floor as well. Very crazy pattern. Very uh, loud pattern there. Very colorful, yes. Well, we've talked enough about the set. And the theme Uh, And we've talked about the theme music. Uh, I think we should get into the actual game and uh, into who hosted this. And who hosted this, this person I don't think ever did any Goodson game show. No. Nope. No. So th- I don't even think he's done any pilots for Goodson or did any pilots for nope. Goodson. Nope. No. And we're talking about the, the one and only Peter Tamarkin. Yeah, Press Your Luck would have been purchased by Pearson, not Goodson Totten. Pe- no, no, Press Your Luck wasn't purchased until, like, way later. I know. Yeah, but th- there's still no relevance. I get what Chico's going after, yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're talking about the same uh, Peter Tamarkin who hosted Press Your Luck, and he would have just been coming off of probably Wipeout at this time. Yeah, the 1988 version of Wipeout. Mm-hmm. And obviously, this was probably a good five years before he did any work for Game Show Network, because that would have been until late 94, so we're talking yeah. well over five years, uh, most likely. Yep. And of course, he's hosted shows that we're going to cover at some point. I think we're looking at, we're two years away from talking about Hitman. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. January 2023, we'll definitely be talking about Hitman. Yeah, totally. we're, gonna, we're we're going to talk about the 40th anniversary of January 3rd, 1983. Big very, day in game show history. A very historic day. There, there's at least four things we need to talk about that happened that day. Yeah, uh, that, we, we're just going to make a whole month out of that. We, we we can make a whole month out of a day. But no, honestly, we could talk about four different things. And, and honestly, they have four different impacts uh, on the, uh, the game show uh, world uh, in game show history. But also... I'm sure we're going to talk at some point about paranoia. We oh. could have talked about it because it was one of those millionaire ripoffs. It was a millionaire ripoff. It was Family Channel's attempt at a millionaire ripoff, but at the same time, it was live and interactive and game shows without a net. Yeah, this was Fox Family at that time. Yes. And Mike, you have a story about paranoia. I was going to say the only thing, the only addition I was going to add to what you guys have said. Was I got a computer on the premiere? I got a computer on the final episode. Oh, look at that! We're bookends. I didn't get anything because I was sixteen at the time. Greg got a rock. Tee-hee. What did your dad get? 
Why, could you imagine my dad watching Paranoia wondering why there's not a halftime show? Why isn't there a halftime show on Paranoia? Why aren't they playing above a lake? Hey, when you really think about it, Paranoia was ahead of its time. With the whole interactive stuff with people being located in different parts, like on a teleconference call. Think about it. Yeah, you're, you're not. Well, uh-huh. it wasn't. But the thing is, now Chico didn't get this part of it. I did because I actually applied for the show. And also, e- even though I won a computer, I think I screwed up the, the following morning because th- they said we'll call contestants who won computers. You could be a contestant on the show. They called it like seven in the morning. It's like, I'm not waking up at seven in the morning to take a phone call. Then it hit me. Oh, that might have been paranoia. And I just didn't call them. And also at the same point, they never called me back. So whoops, maybe. I don't know. It wasn't teleconferencing in the way that we're used to nowadays, like Zoom. What like they the actually one we're did, doing right now. Yeah. Well, what they actually did was it was actually on location. They have a camera crew in your house. or wherever you're being recorded. And so imagine the expense of that, getting the whole camera crew to however many different locations you use on any episode. Eight, 12. Yeah, they've usually played at least two games per uh, per day, per show. That's not inexpensive. And again, this is many, many years before we had Zoom and Skype and, and stuff like that. Yeah, but we'll talk about more about that when we get to paranoia. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we have this beautiful TKO we need yeah. to talk about. Yeah, yeah. But... This beautiful, loud, incredibly wonderful thing that never got out of pilot stage. Yeah, unfortunately. This was it, a good show! It really was. It was it, very it, engaging. It was. I think just unfortunately... It may have not been a good game for a morning audience. Yeah. Because what you need to remember is there were at least four game shows that ABC was looking at picking up at that time. We have obviously TKO, which is going to be your blockbusters, Q&A, Jeopardy, hybrid kind of sort of show. And then you had Body Talk with Vicki Lawrence, which was your body language type of show your 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 charades acting out and stuff like that and then the third one that you had was gambit which was hosted by bob eubanks and i mean gambit is timeless and uh, the pilot in 1990 was very well done um kind of a surprise that didn't get picked up but the one show that made it out of those four was and maybe this is based on name only maybe it was based on host even though big honk and asterisk the person who hosted the pilot didn't host the regular series because uh, of illness and i think death uh, before the show's run ended uh, we're talking about match game with bert convy hosting yeah and i love bert but unfortunately when you watch that he didn't look all that well at the time no no yeah, so I don't know if it was a pity thing or maybe Goodson got an ultimatum from ABC. We love the show, but we need to have a host who is healthy or who at least can host the show for 13, 26, 52 weeks, what have you. And that's where they got Ross Schaefer. Who wouldn't have been doing much at the time. 
No, he, he would not have been doing Love Me, Love Me Not at that time. He may have just been doing, what What would he have been doing? He wasn't doing the Late Late <laughs> Show at that point, I don't believe. Yeah, because yeah, it was no. already done by that point. Yeah, it was on, way past done. Yeah, we're talking about the Late Show version on Fox. Right. So, yeah, he was available. And I thought what uh, appeared on 1990 for Match Game was superb. Yeah, I, it was really the, the well, it wasn't the first version that I got exposure to because of the little show called Match Game at Hollywood Squares. But hey, there's our Match Game Hollywood Squares reference for this episode. Mark that off your bingo card. <laughs> but uh, it was my real, the first experience that I, I could appreciate because Match Game Hollywood Squares as an eight or nine year old, a lot of the little the jokes sort of go over your head. They're a little too subtle for a, a, an eight or nine year old. But when you're at the age of 15 or 16, oh, that's yeah. like the sweet spot. You're, you're, you've got that adult thinking. You've got that sort of um, the, the double entendre thinking in your mind. So it's like, okay, now I can appreciate this. Now this isn't just about my stupid ass fascination of Nidra Voles. Yeah. Well, hopefully one day Buzzer will air Match Game 90 on there. Oh, oh yeah. And, and and GSN aired it about 20 years ago, so it isn't like it's been sitting in a vault for uh, 30 years untouched. Yeah. It's a great version of Match Game. It's and a really good it. version. I liked it. It, it, it was a, a, a uh, not a... It was a respectable it a version. It was a respectable version. Uh, it was a very solid reboot that unfortunately came at the wrong time, both in terms of 1990 when game shows were on the decline, but also it aired at least here uh, or in the Akron area, then here in Cleveland. It aired at noon, and that's not a good time slot. That was the network call that the show was going to air at noon. Yeah, so I think here it would have aired against like tr- the 44th occupant of the White House card. Yes. Mr. Wink, Black. Wink, wink. Yes, Mr. Black. But anyway. We never got Mr. Black card either. So, But uh, anywho, getting back to uh, uh, TKO, which didn't get picked up. Yeah, we haven't even talked about how the game worked. So we talked about the set, the music. We talked about Peter Tamarkin. We talked about Mark Goodson. We talked about ABC. The only thing we haven't talked about was how the game worked and all we did was give passing references to blockbusters jeopardy and split second among others so uh, the game itself as we've mentioned throughout the show it was a week-long affair or that's what it would it was the big selling point it wasn't okay you're on for one show champ comes back everybody else goes home you're on for five shows which honestly there's two ways of looking at it Everybody should hopefully walk away with some money at some point that week, or somebody could walk away with a lot of money if they win four or five days. So there's two different uh, theories there, two different trains of thought as to benefits or advantages uh, of playing for the entire week. So you had three people on for the entire week and the game itself and, and using a phrase that Chico enjoys, does this remind you of anything? Does this remind you of anything? The game board to start is three columns across and five rows down, a.k.a. half a Jeopardy board. Ah, I didn't think of that. Yes, since the Jeopardy board is six uh, columns, five rows, this is half of it. 
And of course, the uh, questions range from $100 to $500 in value. Hey, Chico. Mm-hmm. Does that remind you of anything? It reminds me of something. Okay. I, I, I just wanted to verify. Now, one other show that Chico didn't mention that this reminds me of is Trivia Trap. Oh, yes. Oh, oh Trivia Trap, which we covered earlier this year. Yep. Yeah. So the, the where Trivia Trap comes into play is if you've ever seen the final round, not, not the, the bonus round, but the round, the race to $1,000. So in each of the rows, there was sort of like the, the trivia race. There was a category, a one word category shown that gave you a hint as to what the question's about. So mm-hmm. it could be like Disney. It could be music. It could be Prince. It could, but like I said, examples that were on the show, Monopoly was used and uh, Playtex was used. And if you know what Playtex is, you know the only mm. thing they were really known for. Yeah. <laughs> Cross your heart, bra. But uh, so, so they gave you those, uh, th- those uh, hints as to what the question's about. And again, does this remind you of anything? The values went from 100 at the top down to 500 at the bottom. There was one catch, though. You couldn't do the, uh, the whole tower leaping around or, or whatever you want to call it. You had to go from top to bottom. So you had to play the hundreds first. Then you had, uh, in that same column, play the 200. No, well, you didn't have to stay at the same column. But when you played a question in a column, you had to go 100, 200, 300, 400, 500. I'm guessing the technology didn't exist at the time for Goodson to jump around the board. Or they were making it as a strategic point. Uh, or they just didn't want to flat out copy Jeopardy. Yeah, I, I mean, they, they, they had to make it a little different. Again, you, you don't want to infringe on the rules too much yeah 100 to 500 you, you can't really copyright uh, or, uh, or trademark dollar values but you want your game to be a little different enough where it doesn't bring a lawsuit even though merv and mark goodson have more money than god not to mention that they're both really good friends yeah uh, so th- yeah, there may have been some liberties there they, they may have uh, ha- had a good working relationship and for all we know, Mark Goodson may have run by, uh, may have run this by Merv saying, "Hey, I'm going to be using this game board, which is half the size of the Jeopardy game board, but it's not Jeopardy. We're going to use the same dollar value structure. You know, are y'all cool with that? Who knows?" Incidentally, on the one aired TKO pilot, there is a question about Merv Griffin on it, which lends some credence to Mike's theory about. Mark giving the blessing to Merv for the AOK of this show, which we'll play right here. Merv for $300. What financially troubled casino corporation is owned by Merv Griffin? Andrea? R.I. And that stands for? Resorts International. Yes, and you're not in trouble because you're moved into the lead and you have the board. Uh, Maybe that's another reason it didn't make it. Maybe possibly abc saw too much jeopardy in this too many similarities where viewers are going to say hey jeopardy has those dollar values hey jeopardy's got a board like that just twice as big and 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 especially considering a lot of abc affiliates air jeopardy also yeah especially at that time oh yes it's been three or four years since they canceled the one-two punch of jokers wild and tic-tac-toe how are we going to build off of this well, we're just going to build. Wait a year. 
<laughs> oh, that's not a good idea, Mike. I know it's not. <laughs> Patience, my son. Oh, <laughs> although I believe this stuff. Although I'm going to get into a rant about why I'm probably like one of five people that like the 90 version of Joker's Wild. Okay, I'm going to pencil that in for later. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so as we were saying, uh, so, so the questions themselves, again, we, we mentioned the categories. We mentioned how you played down the board. You can't pick and choose what you want. Before the question is shown, you're given three sets of initials or three sets of, of letters. And one of those three sets of letters are the initials or the initial to the answer to the question. And you don't identify by saying the name of the answer. You say L-L-A-P. Okay, okay. now that you said L-L-A-P, if that's correct, then you can give your answer. Live long and prosper. Let's just say, for example. Yeah. We missed it, Nimoy. Oh, I'm sorry. R.I.P. Leonard. Peace and long life. Anyway. So if the, per- the first person to buzz in, if they give the right set of uh, initials, they can answer the question. If they're right, they get that money added to the bank. It's nice and simple. If they're wrong, they lose that money. Boy, where, what does that sound like? Uh, does this remind you of anything? But the one difference, there, there aren't daily doubles in this. There's actually knockout questions. Now, what is a knockout question, Mike? It's, uh, believe it or not, it sounds like a daily double because only the person who picked it can play it. But what the uh, big thing about that is, is if they're correct, they can knock the value of that question off of somebody else's bank. So it's a strategic point. You know, if you have like a $500 knockout question, do you want to knock out the person who's got only $500 to their uh, bank? Or would you rather attack the high scorer who's got, let's say, $2,000? So it's, it's a strategic piece uh, more than the daily double where you say, I'm going to make it a true daily double. Let's double up and you know get the lead or whatnot. Here, you're, you're actually taking away from your opponents more than you are benefiting yourself. I see that. But you also get the value of the question if you're right. So, actually, so you're basically taking from your opponent. Well, you, you're gaining for yourself, but you're also taking away, you're weakening an opponent. Right. So yeah, you've got that dual implication there. And, uh, and that really could change a game, especially, again, if it's a big value question. If it's worth $1,000, if you gain 1000 and then can knock an opponent down by a thousand. You could change the lead. You could change who has the advantage going into the final round. It, it there's some strategy involved. It's just a different type of beast than than Jeopardy. And no, you don't have to answer in the form of a question. You just need to answer in the form of initials, then give the response. So you have those fifteen questions. You play the fifteen questions, and we should mention there's two knockout questions in each round. So you play the fifteen questions like any other show then you do it all over again with the second round and again does this sound like anything familiar the values are doubled from 200 to a thousand yeah oh does that sound like anything from jeopardy i don't does this sound like any you know it just well, you know, it, just... well it is but the thing is we haven't used those values in in 20 years but yeah it, it's it's like does this sound like anything yeah it sounds just like how jeopardy is it sets up its board so after two rounds Here's where I think it gets really fascinating. And the final round isn't like a wagering round 
a la Final Jeopardy or other TV shows. It's a game of survival. Yep. And this incorporates some stuff we've seen in other shows. Yeah, there's a little bit of countdown around here from Split Second. The two shows that really came to mind when I first saw this one is the top secret pilot, which uh, Wink which Mark also Taylor shot Hayes. in 1989, if I'm not mistaken. No, 88. It, it was shot on my it was shot on my birthday in 88. Easy way to remember that. That's going to be covered later. But the other show it reminded me of, and this would have been on the air around 88, 89. So this would have been contemporary. If you guys remember the show, and this is another entry we're going to talk about eventually, Couch Potatoes. Ooh. If you remember the final round of couch potatoes where you had one person on each team going head to head and there was a randomizer flipping through values, that's sort of what this was like. You, you had values that were, I, I believe it ranged from 500 to $1,000 and it got into some pretty interesting increments. I think it was, it, it, I don't know if, if the, uh, the randomizer had 20 values, but given they had a lot of values that were, I would assume that the randomizer would have 20 values or 21 values, all the values from 500 to $1,000 in $25 increments. Because it wasn't just flat up 500, 550, 600, 650, 700, 750, 800, 850, 900, 925. So not that that makes much of a difference in terms of gameplay, but you had that type of randomizer where it just flipped through values, about four values every second. And once you buzzed in, just like, again, top secret or couch potatoes, you locked into that value. And if you were right, what you got to do was knock out that much money from one of your opponents. Again, strategy involved. Do you go after the person who's in the lead or do you go after the person, not you, who's closest to losing all their money? Getting your TKO. Ha, ah, there's there's where the name came from. You TKO'd your player by getting rid of all their money. I knew yep. that previously, but I just wanted to, to, to throw that out there for our, our listeners. The game ended once two people were knocked out. Once they got TKO'd, once they lost all their money through this process of questions and then hitting the randomizer and, and stopping at mystery values. So the person who had money left over, they won that day, but they also got a $5,000 bonus. So, so if you, again, if you think about it, if you stay on for five days and win five days, you're guaranteed at least I'm going to presume $25,125 because if you have $25, you win the game. You, you did not go down to zero. So conceivably you could win $25 every day and you get that $5,000 bonus. So obviously if you stayed on five days and won all five days, you should probably win closer to 30 or $40,000. But again, for, for, yeah, if you're a five-time winner, you're guaranteed $25,125. Yeah, and, and really, that was pretty much your game. You, you had a. Mm, I, I'm going to say this term very carefully. You had a single TKO. You had a double TKO, and then your your final round was your final TKO. 
Boy, does that sound like something. I'm not saying it again, Mike. I don't expect you to say it. But again, we're, we're seeing similarities. We're seeing patterns here. We're seeing familiarity. And that's probably going to be the answer to why this didn't get picked up. It's because... <sighs> does this look like anything? Yeah, I, I, I think we mentioned that earlier. It, it probably didn't get picked up because it looks too much like Jeopardy at the time when most ABC affiliates were airing Jeopardy at 7.30 at night. Hold up. It, it, wait, Hold no, up. No, 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 no. No, ABC no, 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 no. Aired seven Jeopardy at 7. 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock. You guys are wrong. It aired here at 7.30. Yeah, because oh. you're not an ABC O&O. Yeah. It's like you've got this flyover ABC crap who thinks they can get away with airing Jeopardy at 7.30. Yeah. Maybe in red state land, it's cool to air Jeopardy at 7.30, but no. Not on the East Coast, son! Wait a second. Where do I live? I live awfully close to the East Coast. No, Ohio's Midwest, technically, isn't it? Uh, Oh, don't get me started on that argument because we've actually had that argument at work. Oh, boy. Uh, well, I'm like six hours away from the ocean. So is that really Midwest? Mm. Yeah, I, I, got my, my, I got my eye on you, man. I, I, I'm making my compelling argument. Yes. I've got my eye on you, man. Oh, if you really want to get in this red state argument, do I need to remind you, like, the entire state of Mississippi airs Jeopardy at, like, 11 in the morning? Oh, hell no! Hell no! Why? Why would you do that? Because it's Mississippi. They don't treasure things like education and book smarts. And if anyone in Mississippi is listening, we're really sorry. I really think that, yes, it could have worked, but... Maybe if it didn't look so much like other shows. And I know that Blockbusters was within the the Goodson family or Goodson-Todman family. But there were other ways of doing it, I think. I don't know. Yeah. It it makes me yearn for more body talk with Vicki Lawrence, I think. I don't know. Oh, wow. I enjoyed that show. Well, it was a good show. Vicki Lawrence is a good host. Vicky Lewis is a good host, and it had Bill Kirkenbauer, for heaven's sakes. Who doesn't love Bill Kirkenbauer? I'll tell you who doesn't like Bill Kirkenbauer. People who don't appreciate a good sense of timing and a good sense of humor. Just saying, just the ten of us. Great show. Right? Just putting that out there. Launched Jamie Lunar's career, ladies and gentlemen. Well, well plus also it was a spinoff of Growing Pains, and anything that helps Alan Thick is always good in my book. So unless anybody has anything to add, that's TKO. Perhaps one of the lasting legacies of TKO, this is something that we haven't covered yet, but one of the lasting legacies of TKO was the entry shot. Because, you know, shows like this, They don't have an opening sequence. They have an entry shot. And in the entry shot, they theoretically introduce the three contestants for the week. One of them is Mark Goodson. Mark Goodson holding a cup of coffee. What we're going to say is a cup of coffee. Why they included this in the pilot, I have no idea. Nobody knows. And by the way, this did air on Buzzer in 2015 as part of their Lost in Fun Week special. Yes. And to this day, we still don't know 
why Mark Goodson was having a drink on set. Some mysteries will never be answered. It's one of those shows where you thought it could work. You really did. Because I watched it, and I enjoyed it. I fully enjoyed it. And I thought it could work. Unfortunately, I can see why nobody decided to pick it up. Because of the obvious. Well, guys, um, I got one thing to add. And no, it's not eBay prices right. I, I think it's time to, to visit the It Was a Thing on TV haiku corner. Well, Greg, you made it sound like you have a haiku too. I think we're going to do a haiku battle. Yeah, all right. Yeah, so let's, let's, oh, oh, this is new. A haiku battle. Yeah, and I'm going to be I, the I, one to uh, ultimately decide who wins it. You're going to, that's exactly what your role is going to be. Yeah, this is on par of epic rap battles of history. So, uh, remember, we are the originators of the haiku battle. If anybody tell you any different, they're telling you dead ass wrong. All right, Greg. Do you have your haiku ready? Yeah. All right. Goodson's TKO pilot. How did ABC react to this show? Daytime said, TK, oh no. Wait, that's not a haiku. You had six syllables in the last line. Yeah. It counted, have- as, it counted it as five. Then obviously you need to uh, go to the uh, algorithm and tell it where to go. It's a suck it, but okay. It's a it's a Greg Dieter haiku. It's a Greg Dieter haiku special. I do things different. Five, seven, and six. <laughs> you, 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 the thing of it is, you could have just said TK. No. No. Yeah. Exactly. Well, you got eighteen syllables for the price of seventeen. Damn right. And, and, and sadly, mine is very similar to Greg's. Oh, gosh. Here we go. Goodson's TKO. 1989, it's a no. It's TKO no. Again, it was very similar to what you had. Uh, Just the differences, the the middle section. I think I can win by default because I use 17 syllables. I cannot disagree with that logic. Wait a minute. It was supposed to be 17 syllables, Mike. Uh, I used 17 the... syllables. Okay, you said 16. Well, I, I was uh, overcompensating for Greg wait, having one wait, too many. Wait, you had 16. I had 18. So Neva's a proper high. I had 17. I had 17. I just said I had 16. I gave you 17. Go back, rewind the tape, listen to it. I never, I never said that. Uh, I never said that. So who's the victor, Chico? I have to give it to Mike because he did have 17 syllables. Greg, better luck next time. I'm sure you have. I sure you, I know you have a good haiku for our next subject, which we uh, will be talking about on Thursday. Oh yeah. Well, Thursday we have a very somber historic anniversary coming up. But you know what? It was honored. I guess with a TV movie in the late 70s. Yeah. And the thing of it is, they actually aired this movie in syndication when I was a kid. And I just got a copy, thanks Greg, of the TV cut, which didn't have the beginning that I saw. Yes. It had the beginning, 
that I never saw. It has a completely different beginning. That is crazy sauce, man. Yes. And we'll talk about that next time right here on It Was a Thing on TV. And we'll see you on Thursday. Thanks for listening, everybody. Wow! Hey, Greg, I have a haiku. Oh, really? <laughs> no! Oh, no! Mine right. is better because of Wait, the punchline. Well, hold, well, hold on. Bad TV movie. Glug, 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 glug. Too many deck chairs. And that's my preview of the next episode of It Was a Thing on TV. Glug.